Welcome to The Road Back to Life with Ashley and Don, a program brought to you by Patients for Patients with Kidney Disease and their Families, hosted by The Road Back to Life, a mentoring group for kidney patients. For more information on The Road Back to Life, visit us at theroadbacktolife.com. Now here's your hosts, Ashley and Don. Today, we are very fortunate to have Kathy Harvey from Puget Sound Kidney Centers here in studio with us. Thank you so much for being here, Kathy. Um, we also, of course, have Don joining us from Colorado Springs, Colorado. How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing extremely well. I'm excited about this segment. Uh, you know, I've known this lady. I don't know if she realizes it, but we've known each other off and on for pretty close to 20 years. And, uh, and and I I think what she's going to help us with today can set uh, every kidney patient up uh, for life uh, on on how to succeed in the in, in dialysis and even uh, uh, after you get transplanted. So uh, I'm alive and well due to her. <laughs> uh, so Kathy. I know that you are a renal dietitian for Puget Sound Kidney Center, but can you give us a little bit more information about your background, experience, and what your specific role is with PSKC? Sure, I can do that. I've worked with uh, kidney center patients for about 40 years. I started working as a renal dietitian back in 1980, and it's what I've done my whole career is help people with chronic kidney disease learn how to survive and eat healthy diets. Well, thank you for what you do. (laughs) (laughs) For many years, I specialized in hemodialysis and peritoneal dialysis. And for about the last five years, we've been very excited about reaching out to the community and reaching people with chronic kidney disease who don't have kidney failure to teach them how to be healthy and prevent their kidneys from getting worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's hugely important. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we could slow that down or even prevent them from going on dialysis, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yes. Um, so after being diagnosed with kidney disease, how important is it to follow a diet that has been developed by your doctor or dietitian? Well, I would have to say that's probably the most important mm-hmm. step. Um, most of chronic kidney disease can be... Uh, treated with diet in the early stages. And by eating a healthy diet, you can prevent a lot of the comorbid conditions that Mm -hmm. go along with kidney disease, Um, or you can prevent them or you can slow down their progression also so they're not so bad. These would be conditions like diabetes, Mm -hmm. high blood pressure, maybe some heart conditions, um, uh, obesity, being overweight, which Mm -hmm. contributes to chronic kidney disease. And all of these are affected by what you're eating and healthy food food intake. Yeah, and and Kathy, what what kind of changes can a uh, non uh, hemodialysis patient make to you know to their diet to help them keep their kidneys healthy? Well, the first thing we usually talk about is eating less sodium. And that was where our focus was for many, many years. And what we've realized over the last few years is when people eat a low-sodium diet, they tend to change their whole eating pattern to become healthier. So now, instead of just focusing on sodium, we talk about eating a kind of a whole foods, healthy eating diet. Um, There's a lot of emphasis recently on more of a Mediterranean-type diet or a plant-based diet because when you're eating those foods, 
you don't get a lot of high sodium foods because you can't use a lot of the processed foods that we've become so accustomed to in our society. Mm -hmm. So the main change we talk about is changing meal patterns to be healthier eating style and reducing high sodium foods that would contribute to kidney failure. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And and Kathy, and Kathy, I've got one more question. It, it it seems like it's a big deal these days. Everybody seems that they to think that there's a big difference between sea salt and regular salt. <laughs> Could you straighten that out for us? Sure. You know, salt is salt. It's all sodium chloride. The difference um, is in the 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 structure, the the size and and shape of the crystals, and also the impurities that might be on it. Salt that's manufactured is maybe just pure sodium chloride. Um, Sea salt might have some other impurities attached to it. Himalayan rock salt would have some others. Um, Salt from quarries would have other impurities. And the size of the crystals might be different. Now, the amount of sodium is all the same in all of it. The difference is when you measure a teaspoon of very fine sea salt um, that's very fine, you may be getting more salt crystals than when you measure a teaspoon of a big kosher rock salt. Mm-hmm. They both are a teaspoon, but one of them is going to cram more sodium into that teaspoon than the other. So that would be the difference if you're measuring by teaspoon. Um, the other difference is I've heard some chefs say, and I'm not a chef, I'm not an exotic cook, mm-hmm. but I do know several, and some of them tell me that when they use some of the exotic salts, the crystals will give a little bit of extra zing or flavor to the food, so people can use less of those. So you actually could get a little bit less sodium by using a larger crystal salt and one that has some impurities. Do you recommend using the larger one then? I don't. I recommend people use what they're comfortable with and limit the total quantity. And the truth is, most of the sodium that we get in our diets doesn't come from the salt shaker and the salt you're using. Um, If you are reducing your use of processed convenience foods, you're not buying food that has sodium already added to it, then you can cut your sodium intake almost in half just by doing that. Mm -hmm. And... What I tell people is it's okay to cheat and use a sprinkle of sodium once in a while for flavor if it makes the food more palatable, as long as your total intake is well below what's a healthy limit. That makes sense. Thank you. Um, Can diet and exercise help to maintain function so you can delay treatment? If they can, yes. Um, Healthy eating can reduce the toll on the kidneys. We find that research shows that when people eat less animal protein, such as especially red meat or processed meats, the kidneys work less hard to clear non-processed, non-red meat. So eating more of a red meat diet is harder on the kidneys, makes them work harder. Um, Exercise gets the blood moving, increases the blood flow to the kidneys. It also can help remove toxins. Um, For some reason, being overweight is harder on the kidneys, and we're not really sure why. It might be something with the amount of fat tissue or the way fat is metabolized. And so losing body weight can be be easier on the kidneys, plus helps reduce blood pressure, which is um, a benefit to the kidneys. For someone who just found out, uh, Kathy, that they uh, have a reduced kidney function, can they still continue to enjoy the foods they love? Oh, definitely, yes. 
Um, you know, an experienced kidney dietitian, a renal dietitian, is really um, good at figuring out how to make your favorite foods fit into your diet. I tell people I am very good at cheating. I love to cheat, and I can cheat on almost any food they want and get it into their diet. In our kidney classes, we teach people how to cook healthy foods, and we often start with their favorite foods that they want to eat, and we experiment with recipes and food preparation to figure out healthy ways to prepare those foods so they can still be part of the diet. And I know that each patient is obviously very different, but can you tell us what a typical kidney-friendly diet looks like? Um, most typically, to start with, um, we use the plate model, which you may be familiar with. It's the new healthy eating idea that's um, been presented by the United States Department of Agriculture in the last few years. And we uh, suggest that, that your plate be cut into quarters. So a quarter of your plate should be a healthy protein food. And that might be something like plant proteins, legumes, beans, nuts. It might be seafood. It might be poultry. It might be low-fat dairy foods. But that would be about a quarter of your plate. A quarter of your plate should be a whole grain type food. And that might be something like whole grain bread, um, whole grain cereals like oatmeal, farro, bulgur. It might be whole grain rice. Um, it might be whole grain pasta or some other type of product, but that would be a quarter of your plate. Then the other half of your plate is a combination of fruits and vegetables. And depending on what you like, you could do more fruits or more vegetables. Personally, I don't care for fruit much, so I'm more likely to eat half a plate of vegetables. Mm -hmm. So your healthy eating is going to be a combination of um, protein foods that are kidney healthy, whole grains, and fruits and vegetables. Um, and this is going to sound kind of repetitive because you, you just talked about it there uh, a little bit ago, but why is it so important for kidney patients to watch their sodium intake? I know it kind of got beat into us, you know, your sodium, your sodium, your sodium. And, and quite often I didn't really understand other than it makes you retain water. So could you explain that to us a little bit, I can. Bit, we'll get into a little bit of the, the chemistry of sodium now. Um, sodium is an electrolyte, and it acts like a sponge. It holds water in our bodies. Uh, people sometimes think that on their blood test, if they see a sodium level and it's normal or low, that means they're not taking in too much sodium. That's not correct because the serum sodium level on your blood test doesn't tell you anything about how much sodium you ate. It only tells you how much your body is diluting it out to keep a water balance because sodium will hold water in. So the more sodium we eat, the more water our body holds in. Now, if your kidneys are working well, that water is released and the kidneys filter it out and get rid of it. If your kidneys aren't working well, then the water builds up in your body. And that's harder on your kidneys um, because it's trying to filter the sodium and it's not working. The water is building up and causing swelling and edema, which is going to raise your blood pressure because now your blood vessels have to um, have more pressure in them to get this all this volume of blood moving. Additionally, sodium has a more direct effect on some of the sensors in the blood vessel walls and on some of the hormone levels that the kidney produces. So when your serum sodium or your sodium level is higher in your body, it will trigger 
hormones that will increase blood pressure also. So the overall effect is higher sodium means higher blood pressure, and that harms your kidneys. And I know that we've already talked about protein, um, but is this something that kidney patients need to watch? I know you kind of talked about the different types of protein, but should they watch the amount of protein that they're consuming? They should. One of the first things a kidney doctor will tell somebody is don't eat too much protein. And um, too much protein means the kidneys have to work harder to get rid of it. One of the the main things that kidneys filter is urea, nitrogen, which is in only, nitrogen only comes in protein foods in our body. So the more protein you eat, the more nitrogen you produce, and your kidneys have to work harder to get rid of it. The interesting thing, though, is the types of protein seem to affect the kidney differently. Like I mentioned before, um, animal protein is harder on the kidneys to filter than plant protein, which is why we tell people now to look more towards a vegetarian plant protein diet, such as the Mediterranean diet, um, seems to be easier on the kidneys. One of the things that we're now learning also is that for people who might need more protein, such as somebody who is losing protein in the urine, which we call maybe nephrotic syndrome, if you've heard of that, somebody who has higher protein needs because they may be very physically active, such as someone who is Um, training or weightlifting or doing something physical active. And I have had patients who were weight trainers and they needed more protein. Or if somebody is ill and they're trying to recover from surgery, they might need more protein. They can increase their protein intake with plant proteins and not cause damage to the kidneys. So if a person with kidney disease does need more protein, then we encourage higher plant protein rather than eating more meat. Okay. And Can you give us just a couple examples of some plant-based protein Mm -hmm. that's higher in protein? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That would include things like beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, um, pinto beans, lima beans, navy beans, black beans. Those are all good protein sources. Split peas, um, any type of nuts have good protein in them. Soy products like soybeans and tofu Mm -hmm. and... Um, anything made with soy is a good protein. Peanut butter, almond butter, those things have good protein in them. So would like soy milk or almond milk be a good... Um... Those may be choices for people. Okay. Um, what I always explain to people, though, is to use the food you enjoy. Mm-hmm. I get questions all the time from patients. Well, should I switch to soy milk? And I always answer with, what do you prefer? Mm -hmm. Because I like people to enjoy the food they're eating. Many people like soy milk and like the taste of it. And it's a very healthy product if you like it. But if you dislike it intensely, I would say don't eat foods you don't like just because they're good for you. There are plenty of foods that are out there that are healthy that you do like. Now, some of these higher protein items like nuts, Mm -hmm. um, do you think that people also need to watch like the fat content? Well, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not so much the total fat as the type of fat. Okay. Um, We've all heard about the popularity of low-fat diets that came out Mm -hmm. several years ago. And what happened in America is we all cut back on our fat intake but we ended up adding a lot more carbohydrates to the diet to make up the flavor difference. And now our average diets are very high in carbohydrates and maybe less in fat. Um, A healthy fat intake would be about 30% of your calories, but more importantly is the type of fat you're eating. And we prefer 
heart healthy fats, which would be fish oil fats, like eating fatty fish, plant fats like um, olive oil, canola oil, nut oils, walnut oil, sesame oil, um, healthy fat foods like nuts, um, avocados, those are all healthy oils. And those are what we call anti-inflammatory. They tend to reduce inflammation in the body. So they're healthy and good for the kidneys also. Thank you. I feel like I learned so much. <laughs> and Kathy, and this is going to sound kind of kind of crazy, but I remember as a, a patient, I had to stay away from a lot of those foods because of this next question I'm going to ask you. Why is potassium and phosphorus, why are they so important uh, to to watch their levels and, and, and why a lot of kidney patients uh, have problems with it? Those are good questions too, Don. Both potassium and phosphorus are minerals that the kidneys would normally filter out and maintain normal balance levels and healthy levels. They're very, very complicated, involved in all processes in the human body. So our bodies naturally keep those in very good control, and they have checks and balances throughout the body to control those, most of that regulated by the kidneys. So when the kidneys aren't working well, those two minerals can go out of whack very easily. Um, potassium, when it can get too high or too low, can cause serious heart problems, arrhythmia, heart attack, even death. And that's why kidney doctors really watch potassium levels close. Now, most people with kidney disease, their kidneys are filtering potassium just fine, and they don't have to watch their potassium level. But some medications that people take with kidney disease that are um, blood pressure medicines that help protect the kidneys, and they're typically called ACE inhibitors or um, ARB drugs. And one example would be like lisinopril. Those drugs protect the kidneys and help control blood pressure, but one of the side effects is they can increase your serum potassium level. So when kidneys patients take those drugs, they may get a high potassium level. Now, it's not because they're eating too many high potassium foods. It's because of this medication. However, the doctors don't want to stop the medication because it is kidney healthy. So the solution is to reduce potassium intake. So then your kidney dietitian can work with you to find out which high potassium foods you might need to reduce and switch for low potassium foods. And there's lots and lots of low potassium food choices. In fact, there's more low potassium foods than there are high ones. Mm. And those foods we tend to focus on are fruits and vegetables. So there's plenty of low potassium fruits and vegetables that people with kidney disease can eat and still follow a heart healthy, kidney healthy diet. And then once you get and, a trick, go ahead, Don. And Kathy, I, I, I I just have another question because this is something when I was just uh, newly involved in this, I never really understood. I mean, my blood was going through an artificial kidney. When it's mentioned it's an, it's an artificial kidney, I thought it did the things that a kidney does. I didn't realize that it doesn't do everything a kidney does. That's right. So can you, can you kind of tell us the difference, please? I can. Um, the artificial kidney or the dialyzer filters the blood and removes the waste products and the toxins, and that includes water, 
salt, sodium, potassium, extra protein, those sorts of things. But that's only one kidney function. The kidneys are a fascinating multifaceted um, organ. Not only do they filter, but they balance out bone health by um, producing or stimulating certain bone chemicals. Um, they produce hormones that make red blood cells. They balance out the acid-base levels of the blood. Many other functions. The dialyzer only filters. The rest of the, the um, functions of the healthy kidney have to be taken over by both a combination of healthy eating and medications. And that's how you can get, you know, complete kidney replacement is not only by going to dialysis, but also eat, living a healthy life and following your doctor's medication orders. Now, do kidney patients need to watch their fluid intake? Um, it depends on what level of kidney function they're at. Early on, in the early stages of chronic kidney disease, most people are putting out a lot of fluids to a lot of urine, and they wouldn't need to limit their fluid intake unless the doctor specifically tells them to. And I always caution patients, do not limit your fluids unless your kidney doctor tells you to. Um, if Once they get to chronic kidney disease dialysis stage, then they will probably need to limit their fluid to match what their kidneys are still putting out. And the dietitian will work with every patient to determine what their um, ideal fluid intake is. And Kathy, how, how will your diet be different if you have kidney disease as well as diabetes? That's a good question. Half the people with kidney disease have diabetes. Um, so in that case, we work with the diabetes team also to balance out carbohydrate intake to maintain good blood pressure. For people with kidney disease and diabetes, I usually have three rules I tell them that we're going to follow. Number one is to eat healthy, regular meals. And that's always surprising how many people don't do that, that will only eat one meal a day, maybe snack through the day, maybe not snack and just have one meal. So the first rule is you got to eat regular meals throughout the day. The second rule is you need to check your blood sugar once in a while. And that sounds normal, sensible to most healthcare practitioners that someone with diabetes is going to check their blood sugar, but I see a lot of people that don't. So I tell my patients, you need to eat healthy meals and you need to check your blood pressure, blood sugar regularly and find out what your doctor's goals are for your blood sugar and try and maintain those. And the third rule is you have to take your diabetes medication. So um, if you do those three things regularly, you can stay healthy with kidney disease and diabetes. The healthy diet plan would be adjusting carbohydrates to maintain the blood sugar level and to match your medication dose that your doctor's given you. And that's where the dietitian will work with the patient for that reason. And then how may a patient's diet change once they start dialysis? So what does it mm -hmm. look like pre-dialysis and then once they start? Like I said, the pre-dialysis or chronic kidney disease diet, we talk about the plate being divided into fours, a quarter protein, a quarter um, grain, whole grains, and then a quarter fruits or veg, and then a quarter vegetables. When people get to dialysis, we adjust that plate to put it more in thirds. So then a third of the plate would be protein because people on dialysis need more protein now. Um, the, some protein is lost during the dialysis procedure. And because they're in this, we call it a catabolic state, which means the muscles are more likely to break down, we need to replace protein. 
So a third of the plate becomes protein, a third of a plate becomes healthy grains, and then a third of the plate fruits and vegetables combined. As far as the type of protein, it would be the same. We're still looking at um, plant-based proteins, seafood, healthy seafood, low-fat dairy foods, poultry. We uh, recommend people that not to eat too much red meat. I don't say never to patients, but I don't mean every meal needs to be a big steak. Mm -hmm. We cut that down now to healthier proteins. And then whole grains, and then depending on their potassium needs, they may need more or less high or low potassium fruits and vegetables. And Kathy, I, I just want to again say t uh, today, thank you for, for being with us and answering these, uh, these questions. I know that uh, um, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling. Uh, they don't understand. And sometimes we get answers that are way above our knowledge. Um, we hear acronyms, we, we hear big words, and we just kind of shut down as human beings. And today, I think you brought it right down to the everyday person. And, and I hope somebody out there can benefit from uh, what you told us. I know I did. I was kind of a hardhead. Yes, you were, Don. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> and, and it took me quite a while before I finally figured out that I wasn't gaining anything. And then um, I turned it around. So I want to I want to thank you again, and I want to thank our listeners out there for uh, uh, taking the time and, and listening to some information that can change your life. And said, if you have chronic kidney disease, this will set you up on the right path. Be sure to talk to your doctor. Be sure to talk to your uh, nephrologist. Be sure to talk to a dietitian. Don't go arbitrarily, willy nilly, in things out there. Um, do the things that are good for you. And, uh, and again, thank you again, Kathy. And uh, I just want to say, be kind to one another. We hope this week's show has provided you with valuable information and inspiration you can apply to your life. Keep in mind, anything said on this show is for educational purposes only. As always, we encourage you to write down your questions and take them with you to your health care provider. If you have any questions for us or would like to talk to one of our mentors at The Road Back to Life, please feel free to email us at mail at theroadbacktolife.com and we'll be happy to assist you. Now here's Don with this week's Thought for the Day. The positive thinker sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Winston Churchill This is Steve Johan on behalf of Ashley and Don and the team at The Road Back to Life saying thank you for listening to The Road Back to Life with Ashley and Don and for allowing us to be part of your journey. For more information on The Road Back to Life, visit us at theroadbacktolife.com. Now, go out and be kind to one another.